0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite. Those online and those here, it's good to gather together. Let's enter into a moment of silence as we breathe in God's presence, and then I'll end in prayer. God of our church, and of the universe. We are not shiny, finished, perfect people. We are practicing people. In fact, we are the beautifully messy and messily beautiful practicing people who humbly try to follow you. God, we thank you for calling us just as we are to be your church, and help us to be church to each other by being your hands and feet. May we have open ears and eyes and hearts to hear your spirit with us this afternoon. Amen. Would you stand and let's do the call to worship as printed in your bulletin. I'll read the bold part and you can read the people part. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel for the Lord our name. For the Lord is our God.
1: We are the people of God's pasture.
0: We are the flock under God's care. Please say standing and turn to 767. God loves all his many people.
2: So we've got three verses here, and we'll repeat the refrain after the third verse. We'll repeat the refrain twice after the third verse.
1: God loves all his many people with surpassing love.
2: 42, could it be that God is singing?
0: Because we are not shiny, finished, perfect people, but a practicing people, we take time to confess, to humble ourselves, to think of our imperfections and our sin. And we know that God is listening with a merciful heart. Printed in the bulletin, I'll read the leader part. We'll have a time of silence, and then we'll finish together. Let's pray. God, we long for living water. We thirst for life. And yet we have drunk deeply of resentment. We have savored self-centeredness. In this silence, God, we confess to you. Today, O God, let us hear your voice. Give us this living water so we may never thirst again. Amen.
2: And number 131. Praise I will praise you, Lord.
1: Bye.
3: Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Jesus died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation.
0: John 4, 5 through 42.
4: So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food when a Samaritan woman came to drink water.
0: Give me a drink. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria?
4: Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans.
5: If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would
0: have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it?
5: Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up
0: to eternal life. Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Go, call your husband, and come back. I have no husband. You are right in
5: saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now
0: is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, believe me,
5: the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit
0: and truth. I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. I am he, the one who is speaking to you.
4: Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or, why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left. Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city.
0: Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he?
4: They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat something.
0: I have food to eat that
5: you do not know about.
4: So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat.
5: My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor.
4: Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony, when she said, He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard our... For ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world.
6: Hi, everyone. I'm Amy. I'm going to be giving a reflection today. In the year um, past year, when I was working as a chaplain, my hectic, structureless schedule and constant emotional exhaustion meant. That I rarely started sermon prep in earnest before Sunday, morning. <laughs> it was not ideal, um, but it, at a time, but at a time when I had little energy for my church communities, continuing to preach sometimes was a small act of service and an opportunity for a reflection that was spiritually nurturing to me. When I left my job, I am, among other, for many reasons, as a lot of you have heard more about, um, I imagined that I would have some more time for writing and reflection. And preparing to preach would again be something that I did in a reasonably relaxed manner over a number of days. And then the past several weeks happened. Two family members having health crises um, and a nine-year-old who has become quite a bit more clingy and needy, um, given the stress and disruption of the past few, past few weeks. I had countless hours stuck at home with kids in, a distracted, in our distractedly chaotic house And sat through numerous discussions with professionals about what my family needs from me and how important it is that I practice self-care so I can quickly go back to taking care of everyone else. And that is how I wound up at 11 o'clock this morning at Colectivo with a blank Google Doc and a still-closed laptop crying and eating a cinnamon roll. (laughs) On a regular basis, I have friends and professionals and cute animal memes telling me how well I'm doing considering everything that's going on. But those voices, whether loving or patronizing, are drowned out by what I feel I know myself. The anger and lack of patience that I constantly work to suppress. The ways in which I have failed to do what things that I now see would have been best for my children. The fact that this morning I ate a cinnamon roll that was more than one day's worth of food according to my health insurance mandated weight loss plan. Though I have all my needs met—food, water, exercise, acts of self-care that I can find time for—I still feel exhausted, cranky, and emotionally fragile. The themes in the worship prep materials and the readings themselves seem to place the focus on water and thirst. But as I read through the Gospel reading, I am struck by the same detail that I am often struck by in this passage. Jesus asked the Samaritan women for a drink from the well. And they go on to have this whole conversation. The woman points out the oddity of a Jewish man asking for a drink. Jesus claims that he has living water that will eliminate the need to draw water from the well. The woman asks Jesus if he thinks he's greater than Jacob. They discuss a point of theological conflict between the Jews and Samaritans. Jesus flat out says that he's the Messiah. But according to the text, out of everything that Jesus said, the focus of what the woman told her neighbors was, he told me everything I've ever done. Does that seem odd to anyone else? Jesus makes these audacious claims, offering water that will prevent becoming thirsty again, insisting that longstanding arguments about the right place to worship are not relevant because God is spirit, and people must worship worship God in spirit and in truth and even saying that he's the Messiah who they've been waiting for. But the point that she shares, he's told me everything I've ever done. Now, the text says that her initial response to Jesus knowing about her relationship history is, I see that you are a prophet. So her focus on this point might be that he seems to have knowledge of things that he couldn't otherwise know. sort of a you know, supernatural proof that he's a prophet. That doesn't quite add up to me. Because it seems unlikely that her history was a secret to anyone in her village, and Jesus could have heard a rumor, um, say, you know, someone saw Jesus approaching her and decided to warn the rabbi that she is not, not considered a respectable woman. I suspect that point was important to her, that it's something more than just thinking that Jesus had supernatural knowledge. I wonder if it seems so remarkable, not just that Jesus knew her st- knew her story, but that he knew her story and so spoke to her. He approached her as another human being, two people who shared a need for water on a hot day. He spoke to her of weighty theological matters, the message of a God who is spirit, who calls people to move beyond arguments about religious practice and worship the God who is in whatever place they find themselves. Jesus knew her story but their discussion didn't include condemnation of her past actions or calls to repentance and conversion. Jesus' proclamation to her was not focused on what's wrong with her, but the needs that God wants to meet and the call to worship God in the place where she is. It's interesting how little the text tells us about this woman's story. I can think of any number of tragic backstories this woman might have. Maybe she was orphaned at a young age and forced by a patriarchal society to remain under the protection of men, continuing to marry marry men no matter how little they cared for her or how easily they threw her away. Maybe she was infertile and was divorced by one husband after another after failing to bear a child. But the text doesn't say that Jesus was willing to speak to her because He knew that she was really a virtuous woman who suffered under unjust circumstances. Her history was mentioned with little detail, almost in passing, as if to say, you might be wondering if I would still speak to you if I knew who you were. Well, I know, let's get back to the topic at hand. I wonder if the way Jesus approached her showed the woman that Jesus's message was something different from what she'd heard before a message focused not on her failures but her her needs as a human being like any other a message focused not on preserving factions and distinctions but on the worship of a god who is present in all places and for all people a message that was given to her not as one of a crowd of potential converts but as an individual who is seen known and called to share what she had learned in a lot of cases, I can be kind of uncomfortable with the idea of God relating to or calling calling an individual, um, because I believe that following Jesus is a call to community and to take one's place in the fellowship and the mission of the body of Christ. But Jesus does have a one-on-one conversation with this woman and in other places in the gospel. And I think there's a powerful truth there. I'm often tempted to think that God calls all of humanity, and that includes me as somebody who happens to be a human. And I might have this long list of falls, of flaws, and I might feel that I'm too needy or not particularly effective and useful, but God was good enough to call me along with all the better quality humans. Well, I'm hesitant about a discussion of personal one on one relationship with God because of some of the pitfalls that our culture has, I mean, pitfalls really that our culture has experienced. I treasure these interactions between Jesus and individual people in the Gospels. In stories like this one, we see Jesus who meets people as they are, with their gifts and virtues and needs and flaws and histories. We see a Jesus that doesn't just take the bad people along with the good people, but one who ignores such distinctions. A Jesus who looks, who sees a child of God in all their complexity and offers them living water to drink and calls them to worship God in spirit and truth. I realize that almost every sermon I've ever preached in Lent comes back to the same point, but I don't think it makes it any less important to say it again. I think that Lent is most useful not when it challenges us to become better people, but when it helps us to accept that we are loved and and called by God even as we are honest about who we are with all our needs and weaknesses and flaws and past failures. We can seek to form better habits and be free from things that distract us from what is important and true. But nothing we might do to be better people could make God love us more. This is the good news that is proclaimed in the epistle reading today. God proves his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There are so many things that make us feel like we're not good enough. We can catalog our flaws. We count all the times that we've fallen short. When our loved ones are going through difficult times, even our most basic needs can feel like failures giving in the way of tirelessly caring for for our people in the way that we wish we could. Though we pray and work and try, we can still be impatient, short-tempered, envious, paralyzed by fear and regret, and countless other qualities that fail to measure up to what we believe a follower of Jesus should be. But God knew all of this when God made us. Jesus knew this about us, as he taught and healed and walked a road that could only lead could only end in suffering at the hands of violent humanity the spirit knows this about us and continues each day to be the air that we breathe and the fire of hope that blazes in the face of all that all that might extinguish it god knows who we are and everything we've ever done and still god speaks to us and calls us and fills us with a spring of living water that will never run dry
2: Number 703, Rain Down. Nice transition into the song from the end of that.
0: Let's pray. God, you call to us, and so we come, bringing to you our concerns, our worries, our doubts. God, you meet us where we are, and here we are. God, we praise you for your spirit, your voice that comes to us in unexpected ways. God, we praise you for the support that this congregation can give each other. God, we praise you for your love. Remind us over and over again, how you love each of us individually. We lift up to you our church, our denomination, and the world's struggles. God, may we trust that you are providing. Providing enough and exactly what each person needs. May we drink deeply from the living water you offer us. Amen.
1: Does everybody have
2: one of these books? (laughs) Remember these? number 82 water has held us and feel free to stand or remain seated if you like water has held us
1: water has held God's love has led us, helped us in trouble. On four horizon, God's cloud our guide. Water has cleansed
0: The benediction together. Like water poured out on a thirsty land, may the Lord pour out the Holy Spirit on us. May we blossom with new life. May we bring refreshment and joy to others. Thank you. You may be seated.